Welcome to Dear Artist Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Samatia. I'm a painter and founder of Dear Artist Podcast and Support Circle. I created this podcast as a means to collect and share love letters from artist to artist. I believe each and every one of us has a unique message and meaningful story to tell each other, no matter where we came from and how far along we are in our journey. I also believe that when we tell our story, we're not only helping and encouraging other people, but we are also learning about ourselves and healing ourselves in the process. I hope you will find peace, encouragement, empowerment, and most of all, lots and lots of love from each episode. If you would like to learn more about the podcast and our support circle, or if you would like to collaborate on a project, you can visit dearartistproject.com for more information. Thank you so much for listening. Hi, artists. Welcome to the May episode of Dear Artist Podcast. Our guest artist for this episode is Kia Cannons. Kia is an abstract artist and founder of Sticks and Ink. She is also a coach and host of a podcast called Happy Hacks. In this episode, Kia wrote and read her love letter to you. And after sharing her letter, Kia and I talked about her life as a creative person, how she pivoted her art career several times, and what she has learned along the way. I hope you'll enjoy the interview. You can find Kia's full letter on our website, dearartistproject.com. You are also welcome to join our online support group, Dear Artist Circle, at any time throughout this quarantine period. Our circle is about to celebrate our first anniversary in a few months, and we have lots of exciting things lined up for you in there. You can also find more information about Dear Artist Circle on our website. And now let's listen to Kia reading her love letter to you. Dear artists, and when I say artists, I'm speaking to every single one of you who is listening, from the established artist to the self-confessed non-creative person. You are all artists. Creativity is your birthright. You have the right to make stuff and call it art. I want you to know that the act of creating is a gift you can give yourself. It's not ring-fenced to any one type of person. It's free for anyone to claim for themselves. I see you feeling unworthy maybe of buying the expensive paints or not knowing what to do with some of your materials. I see you hesitate before making a mark on your paper and wondering how to ever feel good enough. You might have worries and concerns flying around your head, that maybe you're not supposed to be doing this. Maybe you'll never be good enough, that you're not welcome here, that you're an imposter. I want to remind you that creativity is simply play and play is simply an activity that is undertaken purely for the enjoyment and has no other objective. 
Next time you feel the impulse to make art, I encourage you to create purely for the enjoyment and resist deciding that it has to have another objective. Just play. Listen to the impulses you feel, follow through on them, switch your mind off and fall in, into the delicious experience of creating from your heart, not your head. Give yourself the gift of creative play. You are worthy of playing and that's all art is, the result of creative play. And you do not need anyone's permission or judgment to be worthy of calling yourself an artist. You have the power already. Indulge in creative play. Share it with the world. There will be people who will love it. Don't worry about the end point. Simply play. Thank you so much, Kia, and welcome to the podcast. Oh, thank you for having me. Yeah, so, so excited to finally talk to you and get to know more about you after seeing so much of you on Instagram. <laughs> so um, I think I'm going to start the interview by letting you talk about yourself as a person, as an artist, and um, can you share with us how you got here and anything about your journey that you would like to share. Sure. Well, you know, even, you know, my letter is still a letter that I need to hear myself because I still feel like chills when I call myself an artist. Right. I still hear the little, you know, the imposter mm -hmm. syndrome in a critic go, really? And that is because of the way my story started with art. I was um, about 13 years old at school when I first um, experienced uh, art for the first time. We'd been doing it for about 18 months at school. We'd never, I'd never done it at any previous schools. It hadn't been like a proper subject. And I loved it. And I knew, I could see that I wasn't sort of creating the results that the teacher wanted. It was very realistic, the art that they were expecting us to do, lots of portraiture and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But still, I had never felt more happy or alive than when I was in the art studio. So when it came to choosing our subjects, um, it's, you know, we're, we're GCSEs, you know, that's what the label that we use in, in the UK education mm -hmm. system. Yeah. And I chose art. I just put it down thinking, okay, that's what I want. And I had the art teacher uh, come, come to me and say, um, I don't know why you put this down. Um, you can't draw. You're not good enough. You need to choose again. Like, you're not welcome in art class. <sighs> and the shame I felt from yeah. having somebody in that position of power, as, of course, as a 13-year-old girl, I, you know, I perceived it to be, tell yeah. me. That I, you know, an authority, I'm not good enough. It meant that I closed that door and I put all the locks on and I was never, ever going to open it again because I didn't want to risk that imposter syndrome feeling of, oh my gosh, I thought I was welcome. I, I innocently walked in and went, I, this is my place, only to be told, you're not welcome, choose again. Mm. So a long time then passed, that was age 13. It took till I was probably something like um, 30, in my early 30s, before I was at the interesting stage of having my youngest child about to start preschool. And for the first time since becoming a mum, I was about to have a few hours to myself every week. And I saw this advert for a messy drawing class. And I was with a friend when I saw it and she said, oh my goodness, Kia, you need to do something like this. You're so creative. Mm. And she knew that I was thinking, 
oh gosh, you know, my children are growing up now. It's not going to be long till I don't, till both my children are at school. And um, I can't use the excuse of full-time mum anymore. I'm going to have to think about what I'm going to do with my career again. And, you know, there's only so much cleaning I can do. I know I want to work, but um, I don't want to do the old job that I had that made me incredibly ill. It brought on chronic illness and Mm. and autoimmune disease, all as a result of stress. And so I decided to do this messy drawing class. And very quickly, to sort of speed you up through the story, um, I then uh, was encouraged after just a few weeks in the class to put some of my paintings into an open exhibition, Mm -hmm. uh, which I did. And one of them sold, and I put them at really, for me, really high prices. Um, And I kind of did it as a test. I thought, if somebody buys this, then maybe that's going to just be my ticket to a bit of confidence here, that maybe I Mm -hmm. could do something creative. And a piece sold for really good money. So then that led me to think, okay, I'm going to start an Instagram account and start showcasing my work. Um, It was only really so I could see what I was creating in my class and get an idea of what was coming out of it, what my style might be. Mm-hmm. And when I got onto Instagram, I think many artists experienced this. Um, I, I discovered, hang on, there are artists that are doing this full time. Mm-hmm. They're making a living and they're just using Instagram by the scenes of it to promote their work. I, I want to I know how they're doing this. So I spent a year, I literally have my deadline of by the time my son actually finishes school like a year later and starts real school I've got to be earning some money doing something creatively and then I won't go back to my old work I will I will stick it out and I'll make this thing work so I spent a year literally every time I had a child asleep and napping or I put them to bed in the evening Mm -hmm. I would be on the on the laptop joining webinars all over the world at crazy times of the night to learn something and then as I started putting into practice what I was learning Mm-hmm. It was working. I was figuring out how to crack Instagram. And of course, then lots of other artists were saying to me, hang on, Kia, you know, I found you when you were at the same sort of level as me on Instagram. And, mm. you know, how is your business booming like this? Can you tell me what you did? So I, I mean, I was going through a health crisis at the time that that was happening. Funnily enough, I, I actually couldn't walk for nine months um, oh, no. through, yeah, crazy chronic pain. Mm. So I spent the the hour before every weekly physio session that I was having this intensive physio with this specialist I had to drive really far to go and see and I'd get there an hour before the session because I didn't want to risk being a minute late because it was crazy expensive to see this private specialist like only one of two in the UK that can treat my problem Mm. and um and so because I got there early I just sat and wrote everything I had figured out on Instagram and then that became, you know, not no plans for this to happen. It became this best-selling ebook over on Etsy mm. overnight, and you know, suddenly brought me this incredible second revenue stream. So I then became the artist that also was an accidental Instagram marketeer, mm. and had this, you know, started then to sort of encourage other artists. You know, you actually do need to have several revenue streams. Passive income is really important, and of yeah. course in this current climate, I am so glad I've put so much time away from painting Mm. to prioritize setting up a business that has several online revenue streams. Mm -hmm. Um, Because now, obviously, I'm super, super grateful. And I continue to to want to educate people on how to do that. And so then fast forward to now, obviously, I've pivoted, as you can, you know, you've mentioned, you've watched me on Instagram, I have now pivoted Mm -hmm. from 
purely art to art and Instagram to now mindset for artists. Mm. I, um, you know, I went down my own incredible, deep, amazing, life-altering journey of inner development and self-discovery work and mindset tools. And I discovered that, oh my goodness, imposter syndrome is literally one of the number one things that holds women back. You know, men suffer from it too, but it is predominantly women that suffer from it. And particularly I'm finding artists do. I think because we have to be so vulnerable, don't we? We have to put you know, so much of ourselves out there. We're literally sharing our soul, what is inside. It's, it's huge. And I, I, I now feel like it is my obligation to pass these tools on. It's no use me saying, okay, you need to do this, you need to do that in order to be successful. Mm-hmm. And this is how I created it. I'll, I'll show you, I'll hold your hand and help you do it. Mm-hmm. I realized you need the mindset piece yeah. as well. So here I am doing all of those things, which I absolutely adore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a beautiful journey. And I, I can totally relate to that because That's part of the reasons why I would like you on the show because I used to spoke to my heart because I feel that in order for any artist to be like a fulfilled artist, they should have the strong foundation of either you call it a mindset or the strong foundation of inner work and self-awareness. So thank you for the work that you do. It's so oh, important. Thank you. Oh, it's it's just such a pleasure. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, it feels like a calling now, which makes it even more satisfying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, next, I would like to pivot into the letter that you wrote, and I always ask this question to all of my guests because I would like to know why they chose a certain topic or a certain message that um, they put in the letter. So, can you take us mm-hmm. back to the day that you sat down and wrote this letter? What went through your mind, and why did you choose to focus on the message of? play and um, there are lots of things that I took notes um, about self-worth and feeling unworthy and imposter you know so just would like to hear from your point of view why did you choose to share this message yes oh fantastic question I when I sat down to write it a few days ago I thought okay, if I was going to talk to a child or to myself when I was probably about seven years old, or maybe the 13-year-old me, mm. or if I had a daughter, you know, what would I want to tell them? And in fact, that inner child is still in all of us now. I think of all the ladies in my uh, membership and how I'm coaching them through these very things right now. Mm-hmm. And what just comes up with everyone that I speak to who's creative, okay, maybe not everyone, I'd say 90 8% of creative women that I speak to and I coach and have conversations with mm-hmm. who are interested in working with me, you know, all those kind of um, arenas, it's always imposter syndrome and yeah. self-worth mm-hmm. that comes up as the reason why they're stuck and they're not moving forward. I recently literally just offered um, an Instagram accelerator and phoned everybody and it was right as isolation was suddenly creeping up on the horizon. And so every conversation I had with these women, I was saying, you know what, I've changed my mind. It is not the right time. We're going through shock and and financial insecurity. Um, you know, I, I'm going to do that offer another time. But 
and it gave me the opportunity to speak to sort of about 25 creative female artists and mm -hmm. just say, what are you struggling with right now? Mm -hmm. And the reason I say it's like 98% is that there was only one lady out of those 25 that said, actually, imposter syndrome isn't really a problem for me. Every other woman said, that's what's holding me back. That's really my issue. Yeah. And I thought, gosh, you know, it's one of those things you're like, I, I know this already, but oh, wow, you know, you, you really need this. Like, th this, this is what I can help you with. I've overcome that uh, myself, and it, it is one of the biggest things. So, yeah, when I sat down, I thought, it's, it's two things. In addition to that, it's also the fact that a lot of people come to me with, I don't know what to sell. I don't know how to make money in my art. Mm. And they're already, and I've done this, and I, I've overcome this too, so I get it it's so tempting when you're starting out as an artist and like me you know when you're seeing other people on Instagram making it in inverted commas of course you know it's always your own perception of it mm -hmm. nobody has it made or has it easy and the yeah. people that have in inverted commas made it are still learning and they've put a huge amount of work ahead of you know where we potentially are you know it's 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 not come easily it's come from hard work and people are still learning and um and I just think that there is that temptation to forget the point of art is play and allowing what needs to come out to come out mm -hmm. and honoring the fact that that is worthy and worthwhile and that art is going to be beautiful to somebody. It is just too tempting to jump straight into how can I make money? What will people buy? Yeah. And that kind of thing. You know, and I've, I've, tried, I've tried it all. I've tried that thing and, and there is merit in if that is your goal right now like I just literally want to make some money there is nothing wrong with going out of everything I do or I'm interested in this is clearly what people are interested in buying so that is what I'm going to do I don't think there's anything wrong with that mm -hmm. I just always want to bring people back to in the midst of that don't forget to give yourself playtime mm -hmm. and you know I, I'm really about and from listening to some of um, your podcast episodes I can hear that you are too I'm really about this connection with mm. your inner self yeah. and you know and really helping people to intuitively create that connection mm. with what is inside and because that can get a bit mystifying and some people think I'm not interested in that I prefer to refer to it as play because people get that mm -hmm. but that is kind of um, also kind of where I'm coming from yes yes I would like to talk a bit more about um, self-worth because I really I think that's the topic that most of us artists, like you said, you know, and imposter syndrome as well, because they kind of go hand mm -hmm. in hand. Um, but let's talk about them separately, because I feel like most of us, I don't know why artists are almost cursed to like, you know, the whole saying about starving artists and like, you know, you're not going to make money. You know, you have to be a waitress or teach be an adjunct faculty or, you know, like it's just so ingrained in the culture, like pretty much all over the world, you know, um, yeah. I'm from Thailand and, you know, that's the culture there views artists that way too. So I know it's pretty much universal, you know? Um, yeah. So I wonder if you have any personal experience with self-worth and how, how was your self-worth journey? How is it like? Oh, great question. Um, yeah, self-worth. Um, I didn't even, I don't think I was even conscious that self-worth was even a thing and that I was struggling with it until I went to, um, 
a coach. Uh, it's a really interesting, uh, kind of just amazing, just the way I feel like life just leads you down the right path and you have no idea where you're going. And then you look back and you're like, oh, you know, it all makes sense. Mm -hmm. So, um, I don't know, two years ago, it must have been now, um, I... I just saw this lady being referred to on Instagram who um, was uh, helping people with their weight and with their eating. Mm. And I had al- I just always had this terrible, terrible relationship with food. Um, I, I, you know, I've never had a disorder, thankfully, mm. um, but I was obsessed with my next meal. I'd been on a diet since I was literally five years old. I had this roller coaster experience with food. And I just saw this lady referred to um, that, you know, she can help you. And when I looked at her website, I had never seen anybody because I had been Googling people on weight loss. That's what I thought was the answer to all my problems, as so Mm. many women do. And I'd never seen anybody say, you know, if you have a problem, call me and, and be so confident that they could help you. So I got in touch with this lady and discovered she was a life coach. And went along and, well, I did an interesting thing, actually. Mm -hmm. I got in touch with her and she cost um, a lot more money than I could afford at the time. She was a real investment to see. So it was about £2,000 that I needed to see her. So I was driving along one day thinking again about how much I wanted to see this woman. I just had this absolute intuitive gut feeling that she could help me with this sort of impossible situation I found myself in of being obsessed by my, of food, having no willpower and mm. just being at the mercy of, of food. And I, I shouted in the car out loud to the ether, to, you know, anything that was listening, mm. any God, whatever, you know? And I was just like, if you send me a client that offers to pay me £2,000, I promise I will book this woman. This is what I will spend the money on, I promise. Mm. And at that point, I'd only ever sold my art. Like, all my business transactions had been me offering a piece of art out on Instagram and people buying them. So I'd never had a client, nobody had ever come to me offering me money. Mm. And then just a few weeks later, a big brand got in touch with me and asked me to create some Instagram content for them for Mm. £2,000. Wow. (laughs) I know, and what's amazing is I didn't even connect the dots until it was a couple of months after I'd done the work and I was thinking, oh, that money will be coming in soon. What should I do with it? Should I save it? Should I? And then I suddenly remembered this deal I had made with life. And I, you know, went to my husband, I said, you know, money that I've got coming in, it's quite exciting because it's, you know, in the early stages of my career. I was like, Mm -hmm. I made this weird deal with um, the ether. (laughs) I want to spend all of it on this woman to finally sort out my my ridiculous relationship with food. And amazingly, he was like, darling, it's your money. Do whatever Mm. you want to do. Even though we always share everything. So um, I booked this lady and this is the answer to your question. I go in expecting a meal plan, being told what to do. Mm -hmm. And she said to me, and this is what I say to all of my clients as well, you will not be able to make any changes in your life unless you love, sorry, I'm gonna get this wrong, unless you learn to love yourself first. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I was like, what? What what am I supposed to eat? Just tell me what to eat. (laughs) (laughs) What what are we talking about here? And Mm. so I learned through this intense coaching that you do need to learn to love yourself. When you love yourself, you have Mm self-worth. When you have self-worth and you love yourself, you make very different decisions in your life. Mm. You suddenly don't want to put food in your body that's going to hurt it. You suddenly don't want to um, storm eat as I was, you know, as we sort of called it, you know, where you just eat for, and you're not even thinking about what you're eating. You're just shoving stuff in your mouth um, Mm -hmm. just, just to buffer your emotions 
because you love yourself. You want to deal with your emotions and you want to feel good. So that was my journey into learning how to love yourself. And then um, in terms of, yeah, imposter syndrome and, um, you know, actually doing the work to do that, I kind of stumbled on this technique um, through having these coaching sessions and really wanting to remember them. Mm. I would, and in fact, I've just done a free workshop on kind of how to do this. I would look at my thinking and, and it wasn't just that coaching. I then started, this then got, I got the bug then for self-help and mindset tools. And mm. I just started reading and listening and watching anyone talk about anything to do with this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, not about the eating, but about the how to think, how to be happy, how to master your mindset, how to live well, all of that stuff. And I started to piece together several different tools and kind of create my own which is really around looking at what you're feeling and then looking at why you're feeling that way. What is the thought that's creating those feelings? Then looking, like going on a fact hunt and going, okay, what are the actual facts? Let's look at the validity of what I'm thinking because quite often what we're thinking isn't true. It's a story we've told ourselves based on maybe our societal conditioning, our upbringing, the media, that kind of thing. And so once you actually break down what you're thinking, and then you realize that half of it is garbage and you can let that go, you then start to change your belief system and you start to get self-worth and that kind of thing. And then you create a new thought and this becomes what I call your manifesto. This is what you now believe to be true. Mm -hmm. And it's always a thought that you do believe. It's not a affirmation, something that you're trying to believe perhaps. Yeah. This mm -hmm. is 100%, I've looked at the facts, I've done the inner discovery work. This is actually what I believe. Mm -hmm. And this is what's going to empower me. And then you just repeat it. And this just becomes a, a life practice. And it means that however, whenever I'm starting to feel uncertain about something, because I've also learned you have to constantly face your fears and have courage. And the only way to get to a place where you're even happier and you're doing things that are even more fun is always to go through the fire to get there. You have to over, get, get to it through being courage and moving past your fears. And so whenever I'm dealing with that kind of thing, I go back to the mindset work and mm -hmm. I do this work and it gets me there. And um, so, yeah, it's, uh, it's fascinating. And it, yeah, it's, it really changed my life, all of this self-worth and, yeah. you know, mindset work. Yeah, yeah. You also mentioned, like, you know, as part of your coaching experience in that weight loss journey, um, you mentioned self-love. And it's such a word that these days have been used so much, but I... I know that at the essence of it is like such an important thing, you know, for all humans, you know, especially artists. So I just want to ask um, specifically about self-love. Can you share a few practice that is your daily thing that you have done or something that has been really impactful, you know, to, to make it more tangible for, for other artists like to see because we talk about self-love all the time. Like, what does that mean in terms of like our daily life? What does that mean yeah. for you? Yeah, that's, yeah, again, it's such a good topic. Um, 
yeah, and, and actually as well on the self on the, the the weight journey, what was really interesting is that the the whole coaching was you do not need to lose weight, you mm. do not ever need to think about it. You have to learn to love yourself as you are, mm-hmm. and trust that your body will become the size that it needs to be, mm. and you know you don't restrict or anything. So. Um, Interestingly, my, my body shape has completely changed, mm. but in at no point has there ever been a food plan or a desire even to lose weight. It has all been around this idea, which in, to answer your question is, what I do every day is I remind myself that I do not need to be anything other mm. than I am. Mm. It's, it's so ingrained in me that I, I think it all the time. And as soon as I catch myself, um, you know, responding to my inner critic because it will never go away. You'll always have an inner critic and your brain will always be looking for ways to protect you. And so you're going to constantly come up against thoughts that say, oh gosh, I'm, I'm still not good enough or I need to be more like this or I can't risk that. And I always immediately, it's a daily practice that I think to myself, I do not need to be anything other than I am. So mm. in terms of like a practical thing that I do every day, it's it's really the mindset work. It's reminding myself of that it's reminding myself to have enormous compassion for myself there is a beautiful quote I believe it was Janine Roth who said it I might have this wrong but which is that you need to be unspeakably kind to yourself Mm. and it's that's what it is and I think as well with the self-love thing you know there is too in my opinion there is I don't want to say this too much because that's judgmental and people that do this are are only doing it from the best intentions. But there's a lot of messaging out there that it's like, go and have a bubble bath, book yourself a massage. Mm. You know, you deserve that croissant mm. and a full fat latte on a Friday. You love <laughs> your, you know, you just love yourself. And I came to realize I'm not loving myself if I'm putting something in my body which is going to make me feel tired, lethargic, give me a caffeine rush perhaps. You know, that's my personal response to the, that example. And Having a massage or a bubble bath is not going to deal with the problem. Mm. It's almost another form of buffering. It's a form of like sort of making yourself feel better with something immediate and physical like food or alcohol or scrolling your phone. And it could still be like just, you know, having a massage and a bath. I believe self-care is taking control of your thinking. Mm. And it's really hard to get that across to people because it's one of those things where my challenge in my business right now is how to convey, like how to sort of sell in a way what people need when mm-hmm. they don't know it's what they need. Yeah. They want what they want and you're like, oh, but I know that's not going to help you. This is what you know. I feel you need. This is what my experience and what I'm seeing with the ladies that I'm coaching, this is what you need. Um, so yeah, it's it's a tough one to to kind of put into like a, a daily practice, but it, but it is, it's mm-hmm. about having had enough with your own suffering, recognizing that you're creating your own suffering with your thinking and making your thinking, like dealing with that yeah. and mastering that, mm-hmm. making that your priority, that to me is self-love. Yeah, that's beautiful, thank you. Mm. I have one more question before I let you go. Um, yeah. It's a big question, so take Ooh, your time. Well, that's big um, questions, okay. Yeah. Um, so, just wondering, do you do 
some like vision work? Like, you know, do you think ahead? How far do you think ahead um, in terms of like, where do you want to be? Because I know some people don't and they live in the present, you know, um, mm. just wondering how you approach that. And do you have a vision for yourself and your work for the next, I don't know, 10, 20 years? Um, what does that look like for you? Oh, I love questions like this. I love them. And my, my feeling on them has, has really sort of changed over the last couple of years. So I was very much conditioned to believe that you need to create a vision board and then you need to force that to happen. And when you get to the end of the year and it hasn't happened, you know, you need to work harder. Mm. And then I came across the work of Michael A. Singer. Mm. Um, I, do you know him at all? Mm, can you tell a bit more about what he, yeah. um, what the practice is? Sure. So he has written a book called um, The Untethered Soul and another book yes. called The Surrender Experiment. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so then I came across so his concepts. Um, I'm probably going to really butcher it here, but basically what I have taken from it is that if you can be brave enough to let go of trying to control where your life is going, and you really tune in to your inner self and the inner direction and the inner wisdom that resides inside all of us, mm -hmm. then that will, in sort of in conjunction with life, and, and when I say life, I mean the opportunities that come your way, the weird synchronicities that happen, that will guide you onto the path of your purpose. And so that has been like a real tricky thing for me. Like, how do I correlate the fact that I want to um, have big dreams and big goals mm -hmm. and have a vision for my life, but let go of that happening yeah. and, and let go of whether it happens or not mm -hmm. and almost not try to make it happen. Like almost, well, then what's the point in having it? And mm -hmm. so what I have arrived at is you need to have an outrageous vision for your life. Mm. You need big impossible goals. You need to reach for the stars because I believe every single idea that makes your heart race is meant for you and can happen if you're brave enough to walk towards it. Mm -hmm. And however, in you walking towards it, life will guide you down a slightly different path and you will end up somewhere even better. Mm. And so I have, yeah, I have a huge big vision board. It's on the wall in my bedroom. I've got, I've got a 10-year one and I've got a one-year one. Mm. My 10-year one has got um, me being on a stage um, on Oprah's cruise doing oh. a wonderful talk. Yeah. Love it. It, it. You know, it's rousing people. It's got pictures of people in the audience sort of laughing, half crying mm. with the transformations that I uh, just, I just love giving people. And, you know, so that's kind of like on their, the big dream home with the incredible vegetable patch and all these things, you know, <laughs> that's all there. And what's great is I don't get hung up on whether that happens. I know my life isn't better there. I know mm. it never gets better. Every, you always have half of life is suffering. It's challenges. It's overcoming fear. It's scary and it's flipping hard work. Mm. But then the other half, is incredible but I believe that when you get uh, more physical things more physical luxuries or more tangible successes that we're conditioned to think oh well if you got on Oprah's cruise you're better mm. than you are now I don't believe you're better and I don't believe it is better I think you just get a new set of problems mm. and that life is still half hard half incredible sure 
So I let go of that. That's there just reminding me all of this can happen. You can serve people in that way. Even more better things can happen than that. And then I have a kind of a, a vision board based on it, what it, it's, it's, it's a visual uh, way of putting everything that I want to feel like this year, the things I would like to do, be, and have that are in conjunction with how I want to feel. Because I kind of write this thing at the beginning of the year of everything I want to experience. Mm-hmm. And then I go, well, but how do I want to feel? What's my priority? And my feel, feelings are I want to feel awake. Mm-hmm. I want to feel rested. I want to feel guided. That means I've got to have, you know, some serious sort of spiritual, meditative, mm-hmm. you know, free writing times every day to feel connected and guided. Mm-hmm. And I want to feel freedom and wonder. And so I then take what I want to feel like this year and I marry it with, I go, well, I have everything I want. What are the things that are going to get me to feel the way I want to feel? And that narrows down my list a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, and anyway, I won't go into it all, but I do all sorts of things. And, um, and I've just been teaching the ladies in my membership this. We've been making our vision boards, which are based on everything from what your zone of genius is, those things that I've just mentioned, your tendencies, your archetype, like how you are best to show up in the world. Mm-hmm. I realize I'm very much a one-to-many mm. archetype, so I should be in the teaching realm. I'm better when I'm talking to lots of people than just one person mm. or all the other different archetypes there are. And so then I have that visually in front of me of, wow, so this year I want to experience this. It's going to allow me to feel like that. I want to do this kind of work because it's going to use my zone of genius. Mm. And, and I have that as my one-year one. And then um, my aside to both of these vision boards is I just let go and I let life guide me, and I yeah. look for the pings, and I look for the synchronicities, and I and I just watch time after time. It just amazes me now. I, I've done so much work. It's like, okay, this is the fruits of all this inner work and this self-development journey and creating a, a relationship with myself and my inner self. Now the doors just swing open, and I just see them coming, and I'm like, I think that dream's about to come true. This is incredible, and and, and they do. So yeah, I love that. I love that topic. Yeah, thank you. That's so so great to hear. Um, oh, I don't want to let you go. I have one last. I know I said that before. Don't worry. <laughs> the I, last, I- the real last one is: um, Is there anything else that I didn't ask you that you would like to share? Oh, that's a lovely question. Um, oh, what would I like to share? I mean. I guess just I'd love to invite people to come find me over on Instagram. Yes. Where can they find you? Yeah, I am at Kia Cannons. I used to be Sticks and Ink. I've recently changed my my handle. So Kia Cannons is K-I-A-C-A-N-N-O-N-S. And, you know, if anybody is struggling with this kind of thing, the kind of things that I've spoken about here, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, feel free to reach out to me. I'm always chatting to people on DM and I'd be very happy to give you a little bit of free advice or a bit of encouragement um, or just co- to connect with you really. Um, you know, and I just, I guess just to finish it off, you know, my, my, my letter was to dear artists and I just want to, again, just tell anyone that is listening, you do not need anybody's permission to call yourself an artist. You you already are. It's your birthright to be able to pick up crayons and paints or whatever you want to play with and play with them and call that work art. So just want everyone to know that and just, you know, work on your own self-worth because it is possible. If I can do it, you guys can. 
Yes. Thank you so much again, Kia, for spending time with us today. Oh, you're welcome. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for inviting me. I've loved talking about all these things, as you can probably tell. Yes, we, we both do. So, yeah, thank you so much. Bye for now. Bye, Ben. Yeah. Lovely to connect with you. Yeah, Bye. Thank you so much for listening to Dear Artist Podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, please share it with your friends or leave a lovely review on Apple Podcasts or iTunes. It will help the podcast reach more people. I appreciate you being here and spending time with me and the guest, and I will see you in the next episode. Thank you. Bye.